Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, welcome to the podcast today. My name is Jeff. I'll be your host. And uh, today, as my guest, I have someone who is both a friend of mine, but also a colleague. And uh, Chris Atkins is the uh, owner of One Media and acts as our director and videographer for all of the media that we do in Israel. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm very excited to find out that we're friends. Well, you know, at the beginning, we wanted to kind of keep it very businesslike, but <laughs> gosh, you just kind of you weasel in there and I, I just can't help it. I just like you so much. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Chris, it's great to have you with us. And, uh, you know, Laura, our producer and I were talking and thought this would be a neat idea for us to just uh, have you on the show and talk a little bit about some of your experiences. But before we uh, get to that, to tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company, about One Media. How did you get into this uh, work that you're doing? Well, uh, you know, getting out of high school and wondering what to do, uh, growing up in a small town, it, uh, it, you know, TV had always fascinated me and I didn't really know how to go about it, but I got my first camera, started shooting weddings and, uh, you know, it's a great way to, to pay for the cool cameras, you know, when you're a guy like me who likes cameras and gadgets and stuff like that, finding any way to use them and make enough money with them to pay for themselves is is a good thing to do and so shooting weddings really opened up the doors for a lot of other stuff um, you know eventually I started doing different projects every wedding would introduce me to a new potential client and uh, one one wedding in particular that I did at uh, the crossroads building where 100 Huntley Street is is filmed uh, the photographer uh, recommended that I talk to a studio in Brampton that was doing a show called life lessons at the time they were looking for a studio camera operator and I thought yeah this is this is great and I ended up getting the job there which turned into a bunch of other jobs and eventually led me to Bill Prankard uh, who I started doing uh, Bill Prankard's daily TV show from the river and started traveling with him to Russia to document his efforts in in Siberia with the natives on the tundra and uh, then of course when I started doing that then people started finding out that I was a camera guy willing to travel and next thing I know I'm in I'm in Israel I'm in Afghanistan and Pakistan and and uh, it just kind of took off from there Wow well that's quite a journey to uh, uh, to the point that we are today um, you've done a number of, of uh, shows and shot a number of things in Israel tell us about your first trip to Israel uh, what what was that like uh, in 2005, I was contacted by your predecessor, Joe Amaral, with this right. very show, with, a, with your very organization, First Century Foundations, and uh, Joe was trying to get the TV show off the ground and get First Century Foundations rolling, and so they asked me if I would come along, and so that was my introduction in, I believe it was October of 2005, and that was my very first trip to Israel. and. Since then, I think up until the whole pandemic thing, I have gone every year from 2005 to uh, up until 2020. Yeah, sometimes multiple times a year, right? Yes, yeah. So there, there have been uh, years where I've gone six or seven times uh, to Israel in one year. Wow. 
Wow. Well, we didn't get to go last year. Did you go last year in 2020? No, no. I had a number of trips uh, planned. I think two or three trips with you planned, actually. And then with another another group, another television program. And I had one of my own projects that I was hoping to, to do and, and to go, uh, go for that. But all of it, uh, all travel was shut down. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been so unfortunate, but we'll have to kind of roll with it. Hey, listen, what are the things that you like best about traveling to Israel? Is it is it food? Is it the people? Is it the landscape? Yeah, I mean, all of it. I, I find that when I'm home and I'm trying to talk to, uh, you know, non-religious people about about Israel, I find I talk uh, a lot about the food uh, because people don't realize that Israel has amazing food. I don't know that I really have ever been to a bad restaurant in Israel. Whether you're in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem or out, up in the uh, out the countryside of, of the Golan Heights or in the Galilee region, mm -hmm. the food is always amazing. I think because they have such a big growing season and because they produce so much, it's always fresh. They have uh, like if you go to Tel Aviv, the uh, the restaurants are are run by by top top chefs. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just amazing, and also because you have uh, you know you have Jewish people returning from all corners of the globe and bringing with them uh, the knowledge and expertise of whatever nation and culture that they have been embedded in for the last hundreds or even thousands years thousands of years, uh, they're bringing all of this amazing uh, all of this amazing knowledge, uh, with them. So the chefs are bringing in all, all kinds of different flares, different, you know, uh, recipes and, and bring yeah. them all together. So the food I find, I talk with a lot, I talk a lot about the food because it really is, is amazing. I've not, I mean, I love Canada, but I don't think I've found a restaurant in Canada to compare with anything that, uh, that I've had in Israel. Um, the, I love history. I have always loved history, so going to Israel, where you know all of our history for the entire world, everything comes from there, and being able yeah, to see right. the locations and the rocks, and you know talking to archaeologists. I mean, that's one of the great things with your show, with doing first century foundations, that we get to do is we get to go to the sites, we go to the digs, we talk to the to the archaeologists, which blew my mind when I first started doing that because here we are talking with these highly intellectual studied people who for the most part are usually not religious in any way shape or form and yet here they are digging yeah. and using the bible as as a reference point uh, like dan bahat the archaeologist who was a head he was the head archaeologist of jerusalem for 40 years and he tells me he's not a religious guy and he tells me i read the bible i dig and i find and that was just yeah. huge uh, huge confirmation for me as a believer when you start to see this stuff and you, you read about, you know, you read some of the Bible stories and then you stand there in the spot and you look around and it just makes sense, right? You realize, wow, you know, they really could have walked. This this is why this happened this way. And it just it yeah. just brings everything to life. Um, yeah. You, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there. You, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned uh, that you're a believer. You've been involved uh, at some level with the church since uh, you were a young person. But the question I want to ask, and, and you've already alluded a little bit to it, but how has how has going to Israel and, and filming these things changed your understanding of the Bible? And how has it enhanced your faith? 
Well, you know, it's I think really it's the confirmation. Uh, you, you grow up here in North America, uh, you know, reading the Bible. Uh, for me, who you know, I became I became a Christian as a teenager. Uh, I grew up in a kind of Christian home. We went to church because that's what we're supposed to do, but. You know, you heard the stories in Sunday school because it was part of the Christmas story, or whatever. But it didn't really mean much to you, right? Uh, right? And then going and seeing the stuff firsthand and realizing that they're not just stories; that these are real people with actual events, and you can see the remains of a lot of this stuff. Uh, confirmation that it's not just a book of fables; that it's not just a book of of you know, I want to say nice stories, but when you read the Bible, they're not nice stories. Not always. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I, I think I, I, for, for me, going to Israel and seeing these sites and seeing the remains of the battles and the destruction and the death and the pain and all this kind of stuff that the Bible writes about, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's something that it, it kind of threw me for a loop, too, because growing up as a, a nominal Christian in in North America, you know, you're told the Bible's a love story. The Bible's just a wonderful love book, and then you actually read it and you think, "Whoa!" Um, you know, a tent spike through the guy's head. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Crucifixions and the disciples all died horrible deaths. This is, uh, yeah. Yes. But I mean, I mean, it it, it is a love story, but uh, yeah, it's sure. it's yeah, it's not it's not this fluffy felt board. Uh, uh, Sunday school story when you when you truly read it, but then to go yeah. there, see the stuff, and see evidence of these people, uh, and realize that that it is real, that these are real stories, real people. You know, it challenges your faith in a way that uh, I don't think it would be challenged in a good way uh, if you didn't go. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I want to sort of reaffirm for everybody out there that the Bible is a love story, but it's not without its complications. And uh, you you bring that out very well uh, in your comments. But, uh, you know, overall, God loves us and, and he has an ultimate end that he's bringing us to. But um, maybe that's a topic for another podcast. Uh, Chris, you've had some amazing experiences in Israel, some things that probably for you maybe stand out, what what would be one of the most sort of impactful moments that uh, that you've experienced there? Where were you? And, and what was it that made that so so um, impactful to you, so amazing to you? Well, so, you know, there have been a lot. I think every time I go, there's something that that uh, that I witness that I see that impacts my life. And I I've not had a bad trip to Israel. Uh, you know, there, there's always something amazing. But I think one of my favorite trips uh, goes back to actually when our friend Laura was uh, studying at Hebrew University, and uh, and our friend Joe and I were we were doing the rebuttal to a documentary that had come out on Discovery Channel, uh, saying that they had found the tomb of Jesus and that they found his bones, and mm -hmm. so that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And that was a really profound trip for me uh, when I really started to see, you know, kind of the layers of, of belief and also, you know, a lot of people trying to do whatever they can to, you know, to, uh, to tarnish or, or, or bring evidence against the Christian faith. 
And uh, so just a little bit of backstory, this documentary called The Lost Tomb of Jesus by Simka Yakovici, who's a nice guy, uh, but he did a documentary with James Cameron and they claimed that they found the, tomb, the real tomb of Jesus and that his bones were in this, in this box, in this ossuary. And uh, we had watched that documentary and we knew a bunch of the archeologists that were in it. And it sounded like they were agreeing with him. It sounded like they were saying that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, that they found his body. Um, you know, we called them up, like, because I mean, you have this moment where it's like, oh wow, is has this been a lie? Have I been believing this lie? Is there is there really nothing to the Christian faith? Right. And uh, and all of the archaeologists we talked to, every one of them said we were edited to say things that we didn't say. This is not true. They've made up evidence, and wow. And then, uh, almost miraculously, we got. We, we got the opportunity to do the counter documentary to this. So, so we went over to film this. Laura was finishing up uh, her studying at Hebrew University and we just happened to be there right at the end of, of that. And I called her up and I said, listen, I got a second camera. We really could use some help. Are you, do you even have like a day or two that you could come out, come out with us? And she's like, I've got the whole time off. <laughs> and, and it was perfect. And so uh, that's where we really started building relationships with a lot of the archeologists. That, that's when we started getting access to places that we had not been able to have access before. Uh, you know, we were able to get into the uh, the Israel Antiquities Authority warehouse. And I mean, it's like it's like something out of Indiana Jones. Uh, you remember the, the end of the first Indiana Jones movie where they're wheeling the ark in this big crate and there's like m this huge warehouse filled with yeah. artifacts. The IAA is like that. Of course, they're not in boxes, they're sitting on shelves and you're walking by thousands of years of history of ossuaries and statues and weapons and all the stuff that they've found there that they have, you know, they don't have room in the museums to show them all, right? And they're still studying right. many of them. And, and uh, I mean, Laura can tell you about this. We, we went through that place and it was, I mean, it's just breathtaking. And it's a place that not everybody has access to. Uh, so spending a couple weeks there on that trip and meeting these archeologists, getting access, you know, climbing through a tomb. We got to climb into the tomb at Dominus Flevit. Uh, and I remember we were down there and, uh, and there's open pits of, uh, of, of, you know, the bones of monks from the fourth century <laughs> and we're climbing over them <laughs> and filming. I was both, wow. I mean, it was a fun trip, but also really eye-opening and, and amazing. And it, and it really brought me to that point of wondering, well, what is it that I believe? Why do I believe that Jesus raised from the dead? And, uh, you know, what is the evidence that either supports or discounts that story, you know, and at the end of doing that, realizing that there really is no evidence to say that he didn't, you know, and there actually yeah. does appear to be quite a bit of evidence that he did. So uh, that was probably the, uh, as far as my faith goes, the, the most profound trip. Very cool. Now, you also had an experience that I'm a little... Um envious of and that is a couple of years ago you were able to take uh, your daughter Kaylee with you to Israel I, I would love to be able to take my kids and, and hope still in the future that I can that I can do that how meaningful was that for you that was amazing and actually you were a big part of that that uh, that really worked out because you had some work for me there uh, and we had discussed uh, the possibility because you really only needed me for a few days and so I said, well, hey, you know, if I could turn this into a longer trip and bring my daughter with me and she can help out, uh, and that was that was 
very cool and thank you again for for helping me make that happen uh but you're welcome yeah, Kaylee, i my... didn't ask the question so you would say that but you are welcome. <laughs> i know <laughs> but it's true uh no kaylee she was she was what, 18 or 19 at the time 19 and uh, she was about to go into bible college she's going to summit pacific out in abbotsford bc and uh and you know I had like every time I go to Israel, I always think I want to bring my family. I want my family to see all of this, right? But of course, it's really expensive to bring a whole family and then yeah. to to do all that. Uh, so I talked with my wife and and I said to her, I think I'd like to take each of our girls over uh, on a one on one trip, kind of a father daughter trip, and show them because, as you know, uh, being having been there so many times, it's a small country. Uh, you know, I know my way around there quite well. Like I know Jerusalem better than, than I know Toronto, uh, which is yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, and we've got friends there. We're actually able to stay at Dan Bahat's house, the archaeologist. He's become a good friend, and and so we got a free room there, which is amazing. But taking Kaylee and showing her as a, an upcoming Bible college student, uh, you know, to take her around and show her the sites and introduce her to. Uh, Everything, everyone from from Christian leaders like Wayne Hillsden to rabbis like Ken Spiro and archaeologists like Dan Bahat and and show her the sites. Uh, I think it really helped her with her faith, uh, especially going into Bible college and seeing and understanding the Jewish roots of Christianity. You know, a lot of people uh, growing up in the West have no clue that there's any kind of a connection to Judaism at all, which is surprising. Um, and I think it's important. And so yeah. being able to take Kaylee there and uh, and show her firsthand and not, I mean, I, I love the tours. I've I've piggybacked on, uh, on a lot of the tours many times and they're great. I think those tours are very important. And if you haven't been on a tour, you need to get on one. Uh, but being able to rent a car and just drive to these places and these people that I know personally uh, and introduce Kaylee to, uh, to them and and to the roots of our faith was it was amazing and I, I I'm so glad that I got to do that I'm looking forward to taking my my youngest daughter Faith she wants to go to Hawaii but I told her uh, I don't work in Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> you know we're going to Israel so as hey. soon as I can I want to bring her over uh, okay so let's talk a couple technical things um, some of the most amazing shots that you've obtained while filming in Israel, maybe some that you can share with us that we can roll into this podcast video. But, but what are some of the shots that you've got that you're most excited about? And where are where were those? And, and, you know, why do you like them the most? Well, you know, when you and I were able to go into the Western Wall Tunnels with Dan Bahat and see that Roman theater, that stands out to me. That was I, it was just yeah. a very cool time being be, being with you know such a well-respected archaeologist and going into a site that was not open to the public at the time and seeing the excavations going on when you and I did that that was amazing uh, I really enjoyed that one uh, it's just something something cool when you're kind of invited back behind the curtain so to speak and to exactly. see these things yeah. going on uh, another one of my favorite uh, filming moments was actually with uh, with our producer Laura, where we were uh, we were in a helicopter. They actually strapped me to the outside of a helicopter, and she was in the co-pilot seat. And uh, I had this big camera gimbal over my shoulder to try and 
keep it steady. This is before drones, so uh, the camera sh getting camera shots from the air was not so not so easy, and and yeah. even with this all this equipment, it was still a bit shaky. Uh, but yeah, Laura and I flew from uh, from Herzliya, just north of Tel Aviv, down through Jerusalem uh, into the desert, and then right down along the Dead Sea and around Masada and uh, and up the coast, and uh, that was very cool to see Israel from the air like that and to be, you know, in this, in such a unique space, being on this helicopter and being on the outside of the helicopter, which I remember we were kind of laughing because when the pilot was strapping me onto this little chair, the belt was too big for me. So you actually folded it over and held it together with masking tape, not duct tape, but masking <laughs> tape. <laughs> So I'm 3,000 feet up in the air yes. <laughs> above, above the Dead Sea with the uh, masking tape holding the belt together to keep me in my seat. Well, you um, know, safety, safety first. Yes, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, a, a couple of others. Favorite places in Israel. What's your number one, maybe number two favorites? And why? You know what? I mean, I as much as I love Tel Aviv and, and the beach, there's just something about Jerusalem. I love being in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, one of my favorite locations, which I know is not popular, especially with evangelical Christians, but there's just something about it. I love the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, to me, that is a special place. I can't go to Jerusalem without stopping in there. I love seeing those crosses etched into the wall, thinking of the Crusaders and all those pilgrims that came from mm -hmm. you know, more than a thousand years ago. And, you know, many of them risked their lives and many of them died after getting to the Holy Land, you know, and, and I'm not endorsing the Crusades or anything like that. But I mean, these were common people who believed they were they were doing God's will and and just wanting to be closer to God and to get to the Holy Land to see, you know, and be in the place where where Jesus lived, walked, dies and died and rose again. And uh you know, and unlike for us, you know, we can get on a plane and come back in, in a day or two. These people, that was very much for them their entire lives getting there. And right. very often that was it. That was their life. They 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 spent their life getting there and they and they died there, not not going home. So uh, I don't know. There's something special about it. I know archaeologically they do believe that that is the true place where uh, Golgotha and the tomb uh, were. Uh, so uh, not that I think there's anything too crazy about a specific rock or anything like that, but but there is something nice being in the place where where most likely it happened. Absolutely. And you know what? You've you've swayed me. I you know, I'm a fan of the garden tomb. It's the best ex mm -hmm. best experience for Christian pilgrims to go there mm -hmm. and, and sort of feel all the feels. But I agree with you. Uh, you and and Dan and others have convinced me that uh, uh, there's enough there's enough oral tradition and enough um, archaeological evidence there to say, yeah, this is the place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Jerusalem, it's, it's very cool. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem and the Holy Sepulchre, they're your favorite. You got a second favorite? I love being in the Galilee. Uh, I've stayed very often in a place called Nafginasar. Uh, which mm -hmm. is a kibbutz, and that kibbutz they have uh, the remains of what they call the Jesus boat. It's a Galilean boat that was uh, discovered in the mud uh, that dates from the time of Jesus. So we're not saying that the boat belonged to Jesus or any of his, of his disciples, although it certainly is possible. 
but uh, being up there, uh, it's just a completely different experience from, say, Tel Aviv, from Jerusalem, uh, and being on the Sea of Galilee, which, uh, you know, I was shocked to find on my first trip that it was not a sea, but actually a lake. It's quite a small lake, <laughs> living in Ontario next to Lake Erie and the Great Lakes. I right. mean, it seems just like a large pond in a, in a way, but, uh, but you know, being up there is, is very cool. Uh, close to nature, close to places like Capernaum and Bethsaida, um, yeah, and Tiberius. Tiberius is uh, is definitely a city with a different feel than you know the hustle and bustle of Jerusalem and, and Tel Aviv. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's a very special place too. Cool. Um, hey, listen, this has been great. Now I want to just ask you a couple more things. You you mentioned this before. You said you know if if a Christian's never been to Israel, they need to get on one of those tours and and go and check it out. Um, but why is it important? Why is it important for, for Christian believers to make at least one pilgrimage uh, to Israel? Why do you think that's important? You know, I think for anybody who believes in anything, right, you need to know why you believe it. Don't just accept what somebody has told you. You, you know, if you're going to believe something and base your life on something, on an, an, on an ideology, on a religion, on science. No one should just take somebody else's word for it. I firmly believe that any person who believes in anything, they should really research and understand what it is that they are attaching to their faith. What are they putting their faith in? So as a believer, as a believer in Jesus, I think it is critical for all of us to understand what it is that we believe and why we believe it. And the first part of that is you know, deciding, do we believe the Bible? And if so, why? Where did it come from? And although we can listen to all kinds of messages and read all kinds of books about it, right. I think it's important for every one of us to really understand our faith and dive deep. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to Israel. I think it's, in a sense, it's kind of a fast track. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a thorough, uh, you know, injection to your faith because not only do you get to see the land and the hills and the rocks and the stones and the archaeology sites to verify and to back up what we understand and know about the Bible but then you also get to see the people of the Bible you get to see the Jewish people you get to experience a bit of their culture you get to see them firsthand where many people in rural areas of Canada and the United States uh, could could grow up their whole entire lives and not meet a single Jewish person uh, and, right. you know, very often, you know, the people that we meet over here are not truly representatives of the people that live in Israel or the people that Jesus lived and, uh, and you know, was a part of. So uh, I think it's very important for us to, uh, to see the Jewish culture, experience the Jewish culture, and appreciate the Jewish culture. Because if you don't appreciate the Jewish culture, you don't really appreciate the Bible or, or, or Jesus himself. I think that is very important. We need to we need to be uh, aware, and we need to support them. We need to to understand where Jesus came from, and he was he was Jewish. He lived in Israel, and if you don't understand that, if you don't have any experience with that, or or have not even made an attempt, then you really don't understand, you know, your Savior, the person that you're following. That's awesome. 
I, uh, I agree. And I think, you know, one of the other things is that I've never, ever read the Bible the same either. The visuals are just so, so strong, so powerful. And um, my first trip, you know, I'd always believed these things the Bible said. But there were a couple moments I remember when the guide would say something and, and I'd go, like, seriously, like right here, like Jesus, right in this, right in this area. And he would say, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Right here. And those are like, those are like amazing sort of light bulb moments. And, uh, and so I do agree with you. It's a very, very important experience for believers. And it does, it helps to, it helps to cement your faith in a way like, like never before. And so, yeah. uh, so thanks for sharing that. Listen, yeah. let's talk about the media for a moment. Uh, okay. The media, the media paints Israel often in a very, very negative light. Uh, how do you see Israel in relation to to the way the media, uh, you know, puts it out there for are, us? Are you trying to get me angry now? Are you waiting for my head to explode? I, you know uh, what? I just, I just, <laughs> you need to, you need to comment on this. Yeah, uh, I. It is so frustrating, um, being somebody who works in the media and knowing how. Uh, how powerful the camera and editing can be, uh, and also how easy it is to manipulate, you know, with, through editing and through camera work to change, the, to change the story, to create a narrative that's not true, but that fits whatever your agenda is. Uh, it is very frustrating to see the mainstream media constantly bashing Israel, putting up complete lies uh, about about Israel and the people of Israel and the whole situation over there. Um, I, I it just, I, to be honest with you, I've had to stop watching uh, a lot of the news. Uh, when I hear Israel come up in, in the news, I sometimes I just have to turn it off because uh, because it, it, it stresses me out. It gets me angry because I know that, uh, that a lot of it is not true. And that's not to say that Israel doesn't do mistakes that some people in Israel are bad actors. Of course, every society, every culture uh, has those people, you know, and, and there are bad Israelis, like there are bad Canadians. Um, but for a, for a nation and for a culture, for the most part, they really strive to do what is right and what is kind and what is fair, uh, often, uh, you know, against their own self-interests, which is surprising that's rare in any culture or nation. Right. Uh, but they don't get credit for that. And it's very often used as a whip against them, you know, and, and people turn it back, back against them. So, uh, you know, people think of Israel as a nation that's filled with dust, camels and war. Uh, and that's what the news portrays them as. Uh, so that's another reason why I encourage people to go and see for themselves, because it is not a nation of dust, camels and war. Uh, there is dust, there are camels, and there are conflicts. Um, yes. But Israel is, and I would, I would say Israel is probably one of the safest places on the face of the earth. I would not want to hang out in New York City after, after 10 p.m. Uh, I would not want to go to the streets of London, England, or hang out in Paris. All of these places have seen attacks and more attacks. Uh, you know, I felt very comfortable taking my daughter over there and being out all night in Jerusalem uh, and being all over the country. We went right from the north to the south and everywhere in between. And I, I never had, we were even in the West Bank a few times and never once did I have a moment where I worried about my safety or my daughter's safety. So 
I think people need to understand that and, and realize that. And the best way to do it is to go over and see for yourself. For sure. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. And uh, I'll ask one more question that obviously I know the answer to, but uh, do you miss it? Do you miss Israel? Yes, it is driving me crazy not being there. Usually I'm there at least three or four times a year and having missed all of 2020, uh, I've got really good friends there that I'm just dying to get over and see. I don't know, seeing the sights, the sounds, the smells, uh, I miss it so much. And of course, I miss hanging out with you. Ah, oh, that's so sweet, so <laughs> sweet. Well, listen, it's uh, it's just, I gotta say this before we wrap up today. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure to get to know you and uh, to to transition from, you know, just business colleagues to friends. I know that's been a little bit of an inside joke for us uh, along <laughs> the way, but uh, uh, you really, you and, and Danielle have become great friends and we appreciate and love you so much. And I can't wait to get back to Israel uh, with you as well. It's going to be great when we can finally uh, go and sit at the gate at Pearson and uh, get on that plane and head over. I'm uh, I'm counting the days. We'll be ready when they when they say it's okay to come. That'll be the that'll be the key for me. But uh, great to have you on the show today, Chris. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming and, and for sharing with us. Thanks thanks for having me. And this year in Jerusalem, right? Normally they yes, say next yes, year in Jerusalem. Year, so let's let's say this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Sounds good, man. We'll uh, we'll do it for sure. Take All care. Right. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Chris Atkins. And uh, I just appreciate Chris so much. He's one of the people that's helped me to bring a lot of perspective to my views on Israel and to the work that we do there. Uh, I just appreciate and value his input. And I hope that you enjoyed our time together today. Uh, First Century Foundations is a ministry that exists to support the land and the people of Israel and to educate Christians about the Jewish roots of faith. We're a charity that relies on your generous donations. And so if you enjoy this podcast, if you like Keeping It Israel, we would encourage you to consider giving. Your giving helps us to be able to do so much of our work. And we would encourage you to visit firstcenturyfoundations.com to learn about the many humanitarian projects that we support in Israel and to find out how you can be a part of this critical work that we do. Thank you so much for your generosity. And I want you to know that you are making a huge difference in the lives of many people in Israel today through your giving. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on our YouTube channel. Uh, just click subscribe down in the lower right corner of your screen or uh, also click the bell so that you can receive all of the notifications about new material that we put up. If you're listening uh, by audio on your favorite podcasting platform, you can subscribe to that there as well. And please leave us a review. That would just be so incredibly helpful. We love to hear from you. The land and the people of Israel have a special place in God's heart and they play a critical role in history. And so we want to remind you today that now more than ever, as Christians, we stand with Israel.